Hello, it's Aiden Taco Jones. You are listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the sixteenth of April, two thousand and nineteen. I'm trying. I'm trying not to clear my mouth. Clear my mouth. Clear my throat. I mean, I don't want to clear my mouth either. My uh, <laughs> my brother told me that he snidely was like, my favorite bit of your podcast every week is where you clear your throat at the start. <laughs> I was like, all right, dude, all right, I'll fucking edit it out. Thank you. <laughs> um, man, I hope you guys are going good. I am feeling pretty good. Um, it's been a shitty weekend, to be honest. I had three bad shows in a row. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, sold out. Saturday, almost sold out. Sunday, not a lot of people in. But all three, what they had in common, very bad shows. <laughs> Very poor performances. Really a pathetic attempt at stand-up comedy on my part. Uh, looking back, in retrospect, oh, by, by Sunday evening, I was pining for the green pastures of Friday. <laughs> of just doing kind of fine to a sold-out crowd. Because on Friday, like, I wasn't happy with it because it had been good before. But it was just, you know, it was fine. And then, uh, and I was like, oh, well, I guess it can't get any worse. And then Saturday, oh boy. <laughs> oh, did it get worse. <clears throat> just, uh, yeah, bombing to fucking silence for pretty much the whole show. And, uh, and, and a friend of mine was in the crowd, a friend of mine, Ashley from Sydney, who was like, um, had brought her friend as well and, I mean, towards the end of the show, I said something along the lines of like, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that you guys actually have enjoyed this because I've been looking for people not enjoying it and not focused and everyone's been paying attention, but no one's been laughing and everyone just went, yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is going on then? Why is <laughs> everyone's just been like legit laughing like this? <laughs> like nothing. And, uh... Anyway, after the show, I fucking was just like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, you guys, I just see that to my friend, and uh, and she was like, no, it was good, and I'm like, no, shut up, that was fucking shit, and, uh, and then they were gonna go see Nino Yama, who was a friend of fucking uh, Ashley's mate, and I was just like, I didn't say it, but I was just like, well, she's gonna be better than me. <laughs> Well, that's good that you're going to go see fucking actual comedy now after that fucking mouthwash of a performance that you just saw. Oh, my God. And then I was like, well, I started thinking maybe I'm just a little bit more mature than my material now, and that's good. I can't remember whether I've talked about this last week. It feels like I've been talking about hating my show for quite a long time, actually. (laughs) Uh, Some would even suggest that it's been a poor festival for me. I, uh, I, I, uh, I was like, oh, well, it can't, you know, and now that's as bad as it can get, and I was like, I think maybe I'm going to drop the start bit of my show, because I know it gets people offside, it's a story about how I couldn't get hard, and I went to a dick doctor, and he gave me some Viagra, you know, and it's like a bit crass, and I know when people hear that, if they don't know me, which often they don't, they will just immediately think, oh, this is what the whole show is going to be like, and, uh, so I dropped that bit, thinking that maybe would make the show better. And on Sunday, it did not make the show better. Uh, it made the show significantly worse. <laughs> so I bombed on Sunday as well, in front of 
uh, a friend, Simon Carter, who's a comedian, and his girlfriend, who was lovely, and then another friend, Malene, and three of her friends. That was the whole show, and I just bombed in a new and exciting way. I'm just finding more varied, nuanced ways of eating shit in front of friends and acquaintances in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2019. <laughs> oh, last night was good though, so I'm feeling a little bit better. And I had some walk-ups and shit. That was crazy. I sold... Ah! Ah! I sold tickets last night, you guys. And I've got tickets sold tonight as well. I don't know what's happening. Maybe I should try... I honestly had the thought the other day. I was listening to this podcast and uh, this guy, I guess he was left by um, his wife of, you know, however many years and, and she left him for... Oh, he probably would have been in his 30s maybe. Still young enough where the brain is malleable. He's not, you know, he's not fucked. He's not just like an old cunt. He's still got something going on. Um, but he was let his wife left him for a guy who, in his words, more handsome, um, earns more money, and like something else. <laughs> it's like, well, I can see why she left, dude. You're a bummer. <laughs> I guess he can admit that a guy's more handsome and has more money. I can't remember what the last one was though. Maybe the last one was just like, and he's louder than me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's more he's he's got more friends than I do <laughs> Good He just made one more me Not you I'm not yeah well you know what I'm trying anyway fucking whatever I was listening to this podcast and this guy um he started getting very anxious in social situations uh and, and found himself almost like just unable to leave the house and he realized that he was scared of rejection that was his whole thing he's had such a big rejection from the person who was supposed to be closest to him in his life and uh he was scared of ever having that again so he didn't put himself out which is pretty much it's a cliche it's a very cliched psychological problem to have which is another reason why this dude sounds like a fucking loser not even original in his problems (laughs) um so he uh he realized that he had this problem and then he, he, he kind of intuitively just uh, like, it's like when people are scared of spiders. So they go sit in a bed of spiders or whatever that thing is, you know, that it's like a immersion therapy. It's like the opposite of aversion, right? You go and you face your fear. This guy realized that his fear was rejection. So he started going out into the world and trying to get rejected by people. Like he would go out and like, like in a car park of a supermarket and just be like, hey, can you give me a lift to, like a random person, just be like, can you give me a lift to this fucking town? And people would be like, no. And he was like, okay, thank you. And that was how he started like getting used to rejection. And I was listening to that. Actually, it's very interesting. It's an NPR podcast, which is very left-wing, you know, progressive. And I started listening to that and I was like, this is basically what those dudes in the game used to do. Except they were doing it with the aim of trying to sleep with women. This guy was just just doing it because he likes fucking getting rejected. <clears throat> um, yeah, this guy's just, I guess he's just not a poon hound. <laughs> like, he's a weird, you know, social experiment-y kind of dude. Uh, it's interesting. Hey, everyone hates the game because it's these guys going out there 
There, but I mean, yeah, actually, yeah. I see the people hate the, those dudes going out trying to pick up women because they're seeing women as objects for their validation rather than as the people that they are. But this guy also is seeing people as objects for his, you know, like he's still seeing people as objects, but there's no sex involved, I guess. So people don't think it's gross when he goes up to someone, asks them for a lift and then, and then gets rejected. And he goes, whoopee, I got rejected. Like, I don't know. Why, anyway, why am I talking about that? The reason I'm talking about this is because that guy went out and all, you know, was trying to get rejected and he taught himself to not be afraid of rejection and then he was able to make friends again and he didn't find a, a, a lady. He's still, he's still like, you know, by and large alone, but, he, but he's not scared anymore. <laughs> he is still a lonely, sad, pathetic little man. <laughs> But he just doesn't have a lift to the next town. <laughs> but he knows he doesn't have a lift. And that's what's important. He is in control of his destiny. <laughs> but I started thinking, like, maybe that could help me in comedy, you know. And because yesterday I was on the back of three bombs in a row, I started thinking maybe I'd go out there and I'd try and bomb. And then I thought, I don't know what that would look like, to be honest. Like, I... Like me going on stage, like would I just go on stage and be like, fuck you, fucking losers? Or like, would I just say the N-word? Like that, that's a guaranteed bomb right there. What would I do? But I would have to do something that I also still feel comfortable with, I guess. I don't know. No, you, you look, I wouldn't say the N-word. I wouldn't do that. That's a silly bomb. Because that's just like, you know, that's a line that you don't cross. But would I... Go out there and call everyone in the audience ugly and keep doing it. Just keep saying that they're ugly. Maybe that'd be... Do you know what I mean? This is where I'm at right now with the festival. (laughs) Just going up every night doing my show that I don't like. I start having insane thoughts. Like maybe I'll just go stand in front of a room full of people and call them ugly for an hour. (laughs) Maybe that is is the path, the direction that my comedy needs to take in the next 12 months. Maybe then Steve Bennett will like me. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, I was feeling really sad on, I think, Friday night. This is great. (laughs) This is very funny. I came home. No, it was Saturday. That's right, Saturday. Ugh, my fucking recording just stopped again. Fucking cunt. I'm in a bad mood now. All right, let me... So I I was doing my show on Saturday, and I was feeling good, and uh, I get a pint of beer... I hate that I've just, I've just told this story and I didn't realise that my recording had fucking stopped. Fuck, I hate this fucking microphone. I can't wait till I've got more money. I can't wait till my life is better. I, uh, I got a pint from the bar, but the, the two places are licensed differently. Like the Pilgrim is, my shows are crowded in the vaults. The main bar for the rest of the year is Pilgrim. Crowded in the vaults is like a thing next to Pilgrim that's just a pop-up bar for the festival and they're licensed differently. So I get my beer and I'm fucking excited because I haven't drank in a month and I'm going to drink my beer, have a little sip of it before my show and then go on stage and I go to walk it across to my venue and the fucking bartender dude nicely respect was just like, oh man, you know, you can't do that. And I was like, oh fuck, I forgot. So I've got 15 minutes till my show starts. And I I wanted to drink my beer, but I had to scull my beer before I went into the show. That's not the thing that I'm actually upset about right now. I know my voice sounds upset. I'm not actually upset about that. It's a very trivial thing. 
what I'm upset about is the fact that I, I, I had a nice little minute of recording before. I, d- I did a little bit of crying like this. I wasn't doing it and I realised the recording is not. So anyway, I, um, I fucking do that and I have my shine. I bomb Saturday, <laughs> Saturday bomb us. Uh, and I get, and I'm just like, as I was planning on having like a kind of big night, like, a, you know, I was excited by Saturday and I've still, I had another beer that I'd fucking had on stage and I get, when I get in a fucking sulk, man, I really, I really go for it. Like, uh, it's, I've tried to talk about it on stage before. It's like when I was a kid, I always remember being a kid. I always remember being a child. I always remember being a kid and, uh, having like, my mum would make fucking toasted sandwiches in this, like, what are they called? The ones where like it seals the edge. You get the two bits of bread and it seals the edge of the sandwich. So you've got a little pocket of stuff inside and she would make, uh, baked bean ones or like you know, spaghetti ones or whatever, and I would have those, and as soon as you bite into it, all the baked beans and shit spill, the, the pocket erupts, and it all spills out the back, and that would make me so fucking stroppy, I would like want to cry, I'm like, well, it's ruined now, that's how, like, I've, I, I have such a, such a, a fucking sensitive trigger for like, if one thing goes wrong, then I just want to, I want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, the whole thing, fuck this, and that's what just happened with the recording, I'm like, I've got 10 minutes of good recording, but one minute didn't work, and I'm like, well, I'm just not having fun at all now, I want to throw the sandwich against the fucking wall, that's what I used to want to do, man, I would just sit there, here's, here's me as a child, staring at a sandwich, that's just like, exploded out the back, still tastes the same, but, knowing that it's not how it was supposed to be, that it's all gone everywhere and it's all messy, I just calmly put it on the plate and look at it in with rage, like I want to cry. That's, that's how I am with fucking throwing tantrums in my whole life. I won't do anything, I'll just be upset and sit there in my upsetness. And that's how I was on Saturday night after that fucking bomb, oh boy. My friend's trying to console me. I'm like, stop, just don't, just do not try. I'm inconsolable. Inconsolable? I'm not at an international consulate. So I get home and I'm feeling sad and I just see this, um, I'm like scrolling through Instagram. It's like I'm home at like 10.30 on a Saturday night and, uh, and you know, the house is empty. Blake's not here. No one's here. And I'm just scrolling through Instagram and I see a story that says like an ad for free watches. So I swipe up on this. I'm like, come on. free! I like went past it and then I went back. I was like, free watches? And I go on this website and it's a company giving away their watches. You just have to pay shipping, right? And I'm like, that's pretty sweet. So I go on and I order three of these watches and I... 36 bucks for the shipping, which actually turns out to be 36 US, so it's more like $50. So I spent $50 on watches, which I don't even need one watch, because fucking, <laughs> because I was sad, and uh, I've never heard anything about this company, I just felt, this is their story, I pulled this up before, and I wanted to read it on the pod, I want to see what they, co- this is the company that I've just bought three watches from, oh great, 
our story. Welcome to Rocco Watches. <laughs> Already, this is fun. We understand the pressure that people feel to look their best, but we also understand the price that it can cost. Here at Rocco, our job is to get you the best look for the most affordable price. Since we created Rocco to make fashion affordable, we have decided to celebrate our global launch by offering free watches and bracelets to all of our customers. Oh, so they've just launched. Oh, fuck. This is going to be bad. This is probably a money laundering scheme. We believe that this will create a special bond between the customer and the buyer and will be great publicity through word of mouth. Well, I guess it's working. you got a free ad here, Rocco. Um, meanwhile, Sean in Hull, United Kingdom, just purchased a mechanics. Free for a limited time. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Um, special bond, great publicity through word of mouth. But remember, you still will be charged a shipping fee based on your location. Our ultimate goal is to brand all of our products and have Rocco on all of our products. <laughs> That's so badly written. We are currently in the process of designing our branded products and soon we will try to have designs on the website for our loyal customers to see and give us feedback on the designs. Oh, it keeps getting worse. We hope you are ready for the journey we are getting started on and we'd love you to be a part of our family from the very beginning. <laughs> fuck that is so shit we wish you all the best and hope that you chose to shop with a oh that's like a parody that's that's too like it starts off it starts off quite normal right i was like getting bored going oh this is gonna be normal and then they start repeating words and repeating things and then the last thing is we wish you all the best and we hope that you chose to shop with us it's not choose they've misspelled it Oh man, I think I'm just gonna. I think I've just spent fifty dollars on a box of dust. I think is that's fuck, man. It's not even a story. Hey, it says our story, and then it's not a story. It's just like a long way of saying, "Hey, we're giving away free watches." <laughs> I got three. I got three of these fucking watches. Um. I hope they come soon. I, I hope they're bad. I hope they're so bad. Otherwise, uh, I'll just have... I, mean, I hope they're good, but they're not going to be good. But they're also not going to be... Like, they're either going to be fine or bad. And I hope that they're really bad because that would be funnier than them just being like, you know... What I'm thinking will happen is they'll come and I'll like give one to Blake, wear one... Hopefully it comes before fucking Phil's going away, living in the UK for a year. I'll f hopefully it goes comes before he goes away. The UK, Europe, fuck, they're very different. They're very different places. Sorry. Um, and I'll give one to him. Three watches, and then and and what I think will happen. Here's what will happen. Mine will break immediately. <laughs> Mine will break after like two weeks. And then I'll be like, oh, Blake, can I have that one that I gave to you? And he'll be like, all right. And then that one will work for like six months. And Phil's will work for like 10 years. It'll never break. I'm calling it now. Placing bet. Anyone anyone want to bet me that that's not going to happen? Call me on 0413-687-599. Give me a call. Give me a call with your bet. Don't text me. Call me. No, nah, don't call me. That'd be weird. And you just have you just call me and say, "Oh, good a bet," and I'll be like, "All right, I'm busy, man. Fuck off." <laughs>
Um, music. Souls of Mischief, My Girl, was the song that I wanted to listen to this week. That was it. Oh, actually. Nah. <laughs> I'll t- this is another part of why was Saturday such a bad show? Before the show, I can't remember what comedian it is, but there's some comedian who has a bit about how the song Let's Get Retarded by the Black Eyed Peas came out at pretty much exactly the same moment as it became not cool to say the word retarded, that we agree that it's just not cool to say that anymore. And I was so excited before my show on Saturday, I was in such a good mood until I did the show, that um, I got uh, I got the fucking song playing and I was saying to everyone, like, all right, everyone, sit, let's sing. Wouldn't it be funny if we were all singing because you can't say this word anymore? And then whenever it would get to the word retarded, I would kill the like the volume on the music and just wait for people to say retarded. <laughs> just like trying to trap people and saying, the, you know. Anyway, it didn't really work. It, no one really said it. I said it. And I, it was just me turning the music off and cackling was what it was. I wonder why the show went badly. <laughs> um, Souls of Mischief, My Girl is a beautiful song. Though. I think I just like it because it has a beautiful sax line. It's hip hop. And it's just got that really nice descending chord progression and uh, and a beautiful sax line through the song i wasn't really listening to the words to be honest sounds a mission for great yeah. good rhymes good structure good luck of the metaphors i love listening to fucking man people who love rap because i used to be into rap like a lot you know and uh and people like who are into rap trying to critique like the uh, what's the word? Trying to critique, like, the language of rap, you know? And talk about the way they use, like, they always just talk about the metaphors. They're like, man, that guy's metaphor, he got, like, the rhyme schemes, the rhythm, his metaphors. <laughs> metaphors are so important. It's like, what if you don't use metaphors? What if you, what if you use synecdoche or any other equally valid linguistic technique it just always strikes me that they talk about metaphors and it's like you guys mention metaphors so much that the more you mention it the more i believe that you don't know what they are or maybe i just think that people who talk with that in that way are are stupid maybe i think that their accents make them sound stupid maybe i'm judgmental and maybe i need to check my privilege I spoke to a couple people last night <clears throat> who, uh, oh, I got, oh, there's two things that have annoyed me. Maybe I'll do both. I spoke to a couple people last night at my show uh, who came, who had seen me a few weeks before, a few, oh, oh, like a week and a half, whatever, at the Nasty Show in Melbourne. There was this show that I did, and I didn't talk about it on the pod that week, which is wild because I fucking remember it. So, it, oh, it was crazy. The, um, oh, actually I've got an, uh, I've got a story to close on. Amazing. So I do this nasty show, right? It's, uh, my mate Jez Watts's show. Go check it out. Uh, it's just a show where you go on and you do nasty material. Like, you know, mean stuff or gross or violent, whatever. Talk about nasty shit. And I get there, the show's already started and there's a bunch of people in a 60 seat venue there's a bunch of people, like four four or six people up the back who are just 
talking like the worst kind of hecklers. Like they're talking a bunch. They're not really engaging with the show. They're so loud. And Jez isn't really doing much with them. Like uh, Andrew Portelli, who went on first, told me, uh, actually, I won't say what he said, but he said, said something awful to them. <laughs> he asked me not to repeat that actually <laughs> and um, <laughs> oh, I'm definitely getting some messages after this pod of people asking me what Andrew Portelli said <laughs> there's no way that's not happening um, go and check out Andrew Portelli man if you're a comedy fan in Melbourne uh, he's doing a show at Pilgrim I think the show's at 7.30 look up fucking Andrew Portelli or ask me about Andrew Portelli go and see him he's honestly one of my favourite comics in Melbourne. He's so fucking funny. His writing is so good. You would definitely do well. He's on a split show. He's not on his own show. So you get to see like uh, two other comics as well. I can't remember who he's doing the split with. But Andrew Bortelli, man. So fucking funny. Um, so he had gone on first. And <clears throat> they weren't talking that bad, he said, during his set. And then they really piped up in the one before me. And I went on. And they'd just, they'd just been talking. And the whole crowd hated them. Like everyone was fucking fed up with these cunts talking and I went on started doing my set didn't even get to a punchline I think I'm going to put the recording of this at the end of the episode this week didn't even get to a punchline and they were just talking and talking and I went oh fucking alright you're going to talk now sick and uh, I think I was I can't remember what kind of mood I was in that night I think I had had a good show but uh, I was just ready to go the man like I say it in the set there's really like there's not much that makes me fucking angrier and I think I've said this on the podcast before there's not much that makes me angrier than people fucking disrespecting comedy disrespecting the fucking show and like ruining it for every other person in the fucking room it's like who the fuck do you think you are you fucking cunt just talking there's fucking 55 other people in this room who have paid money and want to see the show and you're fucking ruining it by just taking all the attention. And uh, I just went, oh man, I remember the line I said, I want to headbutt you until your nose explodes. That was the line that I remembered. Um, I actually listened back to it just before I did this pod. And it's not as vitriolic as it felt like. Listening to the recording that doesn't sound like, I, in my head I was like, you know, standing on top of a mountain throwing lightning bolts down on these guys. But I actually just said some aggressive things to them. I wasn't, like, screaming or anything. And I, f- I think I kind of backed off. When I say, you hear in the record, when I say you're worthless, that's me, like, cutting the riff and, and wanting to go back into material. But what I should have done was stayed in it and really, really fucking unloaded on those guys. But, I mean, anyway, I kind of got to shut them up. And people were coming up to me after the show... On the way out, I was flying everyone. Oh, the dude who was the main offender came past me and was like, trying to talk to me after the show. And I was like, mate, I'm trying to fly it. Get out of my face, you know? He was like, oh, I'm just talking. I was like, nah, nah, get out of my face. Don't talk to me. And then he started getting a bit aggressive, but there was a bunch of people behind him pushing him down the stairs. And uh, not down the stairs, not like pushing him down the stairs to his death. Like, I mean, just getting him moving on. fuck that would have been good if he died um i'll tell you that sounds brutal but listen to this right so a bunch of people coming up to me after the show everyone's going thank you so much for having a go at those guys and it sucks that they ruined the show whatever <clears throat> and then so three of those people two or two two of those people who were there and they brought a friend came to my show last night 
And after the show, they come up to me. I didn't recognize them in, in my audience, but when they after the show, they came up to me and they were like, man, we were at that show a few weeks ago with those guys heckling. And I was like, oh my God, you, that, fuck yeah. They were like, do you remember? I was like, how could I forget? Oh my God, those fucking guys. And the dude, so it was a, it was a, uh, this lady and her partner and, uh, and the lady's mum who they brought along, but the lady and her partner were there at the show and, and she was saying she went up, like walked past one of them, the guy on the way out of the venue. And the guy said something to her along the lines of like, oh, you, were you offended by what I was doing? Like kind of goading her, but you know, she turned around and she was like, thought that maybe he was apologizing on some level because he was going like, were you offended? Were you offended by what I said? So she goes, she turns around and she goes, well, yeah, actually I was, man. Like, come on. I mean, you kind of ruined the show for everyone else. It's pretty shitty. And this guy says to her, like, uh, he goes like, oh, actually, I'm fucking glad that I ruined the show for you. Sucked in. I'm glad that I ruined that for you. And also, that just then, when you thought I was apologizing to you, and and you, like, kind of came to me in, like, an honest way, I love that, because I'm not apologizing to you. I just tricked you. And I'm, I'm glad that I... Like, what kind of person? That is unconscionable behavior. This guy, not only is, is he enough of a dick to ruin the whole show for these people, for, for everyone who's paid money. He's happy about it. He wants to ruin this for strangers who he's never met. And then when he, and then he's going to trick someone into thinking that he's apologizing, into thinking that he's a human fucking being. And when someone is about to accept his apology on some level, he's like, ha ha ha, nah, I don't apologize. And I tricked you. What? Oh, oh my God. I mean, that, like, makes me physically sick to know that that kind of person is out there. And this girl told me the story, and her partner was like, yeah, I was, like, literally holding her back, like, from fighting this guy. That dude needs, that dude needs a fucking headbutt. That dude needs a fucking spear down his fucking throat is what he needs. And the friend of his, the, the friend of this douche came up apparently and was just like, I think we should just shake hands. You're not going to, I'm just telling you now, you're not going to get an apology out of this guy. So we should just shake hands. And it's like, why are you friends with this person? This is the worst fucking cunt ever. And you're aware of it. And you're just like trying to move things along. How, oh, I can't believe that that kind of person exists in the world, man. I really wish every possible misfortune on that fucking pathetic cunt. Oh, there's not a lot of people who I think the world would just be a better place if they were wiped clean and, and their presence extracted from the memory of society. That guy is fucking one of them. And that made me so angry. Um, this made me really happy though. I'll, th I'll finish, I'll finish on this. I'll finish on this. Fuck. Oh, I hate that I said that. Ugh. I'll, uh, I'll leave you guys with this. God, Jesus fucking Christ. Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, this happened on Saturday at the show that I bombed at. And I tried to put it in the show because it's pertinent to the show. And uh, guess how it went? <laughs> it bombed. So there's a guy who I used to, when I moved to Melbourne, I, uh, I lived in this hostel. 
and this guy, Leon, was at the hostel as well, and he used to sell mushrooms, and I bought mushrooms off him for a bit, and then I used to sell for him, like, just here and there for, like, a bit of extra cash, and he was a dick, he was always a dick, and I used to hang out with him because I didn't have any other friends, he was, like, the first person I made friends with in Melbourne that was, like, that's my friend, you know? He used to listen to the Joe Rogan experience a lot. That kind of guy. He was a dude who would love... He loved the game. The fucking pick up women. He loved that. He loved, like, negging women. You know, all of that shit, right? A very sad fucking person. And uh, we kind of drifted because when I'd started dating someone, uh, he, like, belittled her. He would, like, talk down to her a couple times when we were hanging out and she was there. He just... He was just, like, very condescending to her. And I, I think he called her sweetheart or something like that. I was just like, ugh, you're, f- oh, you're gross. Um, so we stopped being friends. And then a few years ago, uh, that was 2012, a few, maybe a year or two ago, uh, me and Phil and a few other people ran into him in, uh, in, in Heartbreaker Bar. We were playing pool and he was there. And <laughs> I said something about, like, oh, yeah, fucking uh, Leon, the cool drug dealer's here. And he was like... You know, was indignant. Like, well, you used to work for me. You used to work for me. You think I'm, I'm, that's bad. You were my employee. I was like, all right, dude, whatever. So we almost kind of came to blows over that. And, and, uh, and he was always into like weird conspiracy theories and shit. Just a real fucking sketchy, paranoid fucking dude. Anyway, on Saturday, I'm walking to my show and I see a couple friends, comedians, standing on a corner near, in Chinatown. And uh, they're just on a street corner chatting and Leon walks up to them and I'm like 10 meters away at this point walking up the street. So none of them, my friends don't know that I'm there and Leon doesn't know that I'm there. Leon walks up to them. I see him out of the crowd, walk up to them, kind of say something, smiling and laugh and then walk off. And I go up to them and I'm like, I, I make sure Leon doesn't see me. And then I go up to them after he's gone and I'm like, how do you know that guy? What's going on? How do you know that dude? And uh, my mate says what was happening. What had happened? He was like, oh, I don't know him. What had happened was uh, he was making... So he was telling some Jewish joke, right? Just like a street joke to my other to the other dude there. And Leon came up out of the crowd, evidently heard the topic of conversation being the Jews, came up and just said, we're all the slaves of the Jews. And laughed... <laughs> And walked off into the crowd. Oh, man. It's really like a nice... I feel so, so lucky to know that this guy who I've just fucking... You know, is a person who used to be in my life and I don't like. And I don't ever want anything to do with again. Like, how how else would... There's no better way to find out that a person who you've written off as a loser is absolutely... (laughs) That's exactly what they are. Like... Even if I had heard story, and I don't know anyone else who knows him either. Like I, you know, we didn't have any mutual friends, or not enduringly so. Anyway, so there's no way that I could find out about his life in any objective way. Like I don't have anyone that I can gossip about him with. Phil knows him, but we only have the shared experience of seeing him together at that bar. And I don't know anyone who knows his life intimacy that intimately that that I can bitch about him with and find out little gossip details you know like when you fucking hear about old school friends and stuff right you got people from school you can bitch about your old school friends with them and you get little nuggets of information because your lives are still intertwined in some way leon's completely he's he's cut off from my life and so seeing that oh 
man, it feels so good. And he doesn't know that I saw that. He doesn't know that I saw. And he was looking real gaunt and fucking like wearing a kind of dirty jacket. Not homeless, but well on his way to looking like that. So interesting, man. I'm never going to get a better glimpse, a better, a better candid glimpse into someone's life than that gave me. Um, I reckon that's the podcast for this week. That's it. Done. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Next week, we'll be, uh, I'll be finished the Melbourne Comedy Festival and I'll probably do my last in this series of four uh, industry bitches that I've had for the last few weeks. Oh, my word. Um, thanks for listening. Have a great week. This has been Aiden Taco Jones sitting under a tree. Peace. What's up, everyone? Fucking, alright, this is gonna be sick. <laughs> it's, uh, hope everyone's doing good. I'm from Adelaide, grew up in Adelaide. I'm actually half Colombian, because my uh, my mum was backpacking around. Oh, fuck. Not even one joke. Alright, sick. Let's do it, cunt. What the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck is. Okay, so it's a girl screaming her hands. She's Colombian. Oh, she's Colombian. Oh, that's annoying because that's kind of valid that she was yelling. <laughs> I was getting ready to fucking stab a cunt. <laughs> You guys didn't see before, I actually had a rush of blood then. You know what? People talking in comedy shows, like, I, I'm not a violent person. I've never been in a fight. I've lost a few, but I've never actually been the aggressor. But that fucking cunt, you, mate, sit there. like political rhetoric this is a story uh that cunt next to the pole when he was talking before i popped my head around the pole and i said shut the fuck up and my face was so close to him and i was like man i could fucking headbutt you until your nose explodes right now i really wanted to do it like it scared me a little bit because i fucking hate that so much you're worthless The rest of you guys are like, is this comedy? (laughs) Now, uh, I'm sorry for attacking you, Columbia, but let me do my joke or else I will lose my shit. Thank you. Um, Australian. My mum was backpacking in South America. (laughs) Came back to Australia. And she found out she was pregnant. And, uh, like, has anyone else cocaine babies, or...? <laughs> what we got there? <laughs> that is funny, isn't it? <laughs> like, she fucked up. That's sick, right? She had unprotected sex in Colombia.
progress and I might smite you What's your cut? Your fronts, they got no, no future Bloods blur my sight, yet left and right suit you I know this and also notice advances I keep them papers, slick me slip to my dip With numeros and you soon arose thinking I'm jelly Cause numbers left in the gutter lead to lonely tellies So we see who's be we and we see who's see The difference is Vaseline, you slipping while I'm standing Grips and grips of chumps my way Slow from back bumps on rocks cause I flay So why play cause Sajay has to flip I found mine so find your own companionship Every time I see you in the world You always step to my girl For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. 
Call clickranger.com/safety or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.